Hey, and welcome to another week of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, in the red corner this week is with me is Blake. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm very good, Richard. A cracking weekend of rugby uh, and an interesting and exciting week of politics. I just wanted to, to address something. Um, if you boys would indulge for a minute, then feel free to jump in at the end. Um, apparently, um, unbeknownst to all of us three, uh, one of the ads on our podcast was a political ad. Um, so I just wanted to address right now that um, on this podcast, we would never dare speak about politics. It's certainly not our place as rugby podcasters to, to present a political view. We certainly do not endorse any political ads on our podcast. Um, and we've requested that we don't have political ads on our podcast. Um, so we apologise um, that that happened in the past. Um, and we certainly have never made a cent off this podcast anyway. So we've certainly not made any money off those ads. So if you heard an ad at the end of our podcast, I think it was a week or two ago, um, one of our listeners pointed out to us, um, we sincerely apologise and we do not endorse it. Tell me if I'm wrong here, though, but if there is ads running on the podcast, there's dollars moving. So someone somewhere is making something off of the so-called ads that have been running. Am I've I right? Heard, uh, I've heard Melissa Caddick might be the secret secret producer behind the podcast. <laughs> Could be. How are you, Richard? Feeling good? Oh, absolutely fantastic, Jim. And good to hear your uh, your voice, mate. You seem you seem more up and about this week. How are you, mate? This week? I'm up. I'm down. I'm sideways. All good. All good here. Just depending on how the day ran. The day ran well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, talking about how the day uh, has gone so far, how the rest of the day is going to pan out is we thought we would do a bit of Q&A today. Uh, I had some awesome questions, uh, um, obviously, sent in to us via, uh, by Twitter. Um, so you're happy to start off with that, those boys before we go yeah, into the I, game? Yeah, can I, can, staying on the politics, I just want to say how good. How good are the bloody questions that people come up with? Yeah, awesome, actually. Fantastic. Really good. Like, compared to the drivel we come out with, the, the insightful questions that people have sent through is, is, is outstanding. Mm. People uh, uh, proper sit around pondering. They're sitting on toilets, thinking, shower thoughts. It's, it's great. I reckon it's mostly bog thoughts, though, Twitter. Bog thoughts? Yeah. It's you're, sitting on, you're sitting on the low stroll on Twitter, and that's when you send us a question. So we are happy to answer your shitty questions. Exactly. For every married man out there who's not me, as if bog time isn't the greatest time of your life. That's when you get some that's when you get your thinking done. It's not just for your shit, it's for all your shit. <laughs> all your shit. <laughs> all right, let's, 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 let's where you get your shit done. Well, I can tell where this week is headed, and I like it. I know. Um, well, let's throw it straight to you, Blake, to try and bring a sense of decorum back to this uh, this podcast to move away from the shit. Uh, just a couple. Where should we start? Uh, send in from uh, Cameron Marling. It says, if you have an open checkbook for the 2023 Rugby World Cup and beyond, you can buy any athlete from any code as long as they qualify for the Wallabies. Who'd you go after? Fuck. Tough question, Richard. That is a very tough question to start. I saw this tweet and the dude posted the uh, offensive lineman from the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I just don't think those skills translate. No. Um, they're playing a, a high-impact, um, real uh, fast-twitch muscle fibres. Correct me if I'm wrong there, PE teacher Richard. But uh, that, that shit won't translate to the 80-minute rugby format. Am I right? 
Yeah, that's correct. He's a um, very powerful guy, but absolutely working that, uh, that that very explosive ATP PC system. Can, can, can I ask, though, did, do they need to be Australian because it's linked to the World Cup? Yeah, it said that they have to qualify for the Wallabies. So they either they're going to come back for five years or have to be Wallaby, Wallaby uh, you know, Australian. I'm going to throw out there Tom Trebrojevic. He seems to uh, be uh, – he's obviously uh, Wallaby uh, eligible. He's in a different code, but – he seems to have all the skills uh, to uh, to solve that that fullback position really for the, for the Wallabies at the moment. And there's that, a number that's, of that's a great shout and bumps on seats as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I look, I would have just my original gut reaction was the conservative. Just make sure Tupo and Bell are playing in Australia. So not answer the question then. Uh, but to answer the question, <laughs> I would go Ponger at fullback. I know he's got a background with some rugby. Kalen Palmer from the Knights. He's a, he's a sworn Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, but how long has he lived in? How long has he lived in in the Rust Belt? How long has he lived in Newcastle? He would qualify so, now, surely. So you're saying basically no Australian player is actually worth it? You're going to go and nick a Kiwi? I'm that's with you. I'm with you, Tom Trebojevic. That's outrageous, man. Um, I'll throw Tedesco in there too because fullback is is a good call. I reckon. Well, that's... I'm not into Tedesco. I, I don't know what it is, but here's where I'm running. I'm going Nathan Cleary to run a nice ten. The ooh, dude's got a ooh. kicking game. To set your watch to, um, he's very aggressive and loves the grub stuff. So I, th- I think he would be a decent shout. Very interested to see how he would go off some front football. And you got unlimited cash package deal. Get his old man over to do some coaching. One hundred percent. But in all seriousness, though, I think we said it the other week. Um, invest in homegrown Australian rugby talent. So yeah. spend the money on Quaid and play on. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you running, Richard? Yeah, I think I'd go with the Tom Travojevic. I think he's got such a, a, a unique skill set, uh, physically imposing as well. And I think, as I said, I think he solves that 15 problem quite well. I don't, I don't think he's – you don't need as many of the intricacies of rugby union to play at, at fullback as you do, you know, in the type five or even in the decision-making. So I think he's a great option. At, at if, we're, if we're talking unlimited cash, I'm going to go wild card here. I'm not opposed to a Francis Ngannou or a Tyson Fury at six. Just in case, just in case it gets physical. It's crazy. <laughs> He's definitely not lasted 80 minutes uh, at size of Fury. No, uh, I don't think Ingano is either. No. Uh, so there was a, another question coming in from um, Paulo Pod said, is there any interest in a referee swap from Northern Hemisphere refs adjudicating uh, Super Rugby matches while Southern Hemisphere refs taken on the Heineken Cup or European Challenge Cup? What do you think, Jim? Do you reckon there should be a swap? Look, I, I actually quite like that idea. I think they're two completely different games at present, right? Mm. And when we go over there and try and match their format, like we always get found out it takes some adaptation to go on mid-game for us to bend back to what the old style of rugby is or whatever their style is. Mm. So I think that whole like lending um, the refs to each code would only be beneficial. I think it does place a large burden on the refs because they're expected to pick up the game style in a week, you know, Mm. as opposed to... The consistency of refereeing the same comp, the same players. I'm going to go. Not interested. The less I can hear about the refs, the better. Would you? You've could, got to think. Could it, be, you, it could only be less cards, mate. It could. That's the only solution. Could you argue that if uh, if they do that swap, then actually there might be a bit more consistency, and so therefore you might ultimately talk less about the refs. Yeah, maybe. But here we are talking about them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, next question from uh, Kick the Ref in the Ghoulies because I thought that was a good segue from refs and I'm sure Blake wants to do that. Um, this says, uh, 
grow the game? How do we make it uh, more appealing to kids and adults to play the game? I think for me, I'll take that one. I think uh, I think I said this before. We've got to get uh, coaches and um, into schools, and I think we really need to make sure that we try to push the game. Um, you know, get get kids out to Leichhardt, get uh, those you know superstars into schools to try and promote it. Um, I think it's really important that we do that because otherwise we'll just fall apart. Um, I'll answer that one. Uh, first, I'll say with what worked when I was a little fella, free tickets to Super Rugby games. I still remember the footy training session Phil Kearns showed up for. I still remember when the Wallabies used to have open training sessions and, and Tim Horan gave me a pack of rugby playing cards. Those memories stick with you. Um, I was too young to concentrate on the Super Rugby, but I remember playing touch football at the stadium. Um, and those memories are some of the most precious from my childhood. So get the players at the training, get free tickets to the game, get free merch into the kids' hands. That stuff matters. Uh, but moving on from that, next I would say sevens. Sevens is your, your ticket in um, because even at public schools where you can't get the intricacies of prop and second row and lifting in the line out scrummaging, you can get 10 kids together who could learn rucks, malls, tackling, and how good the bloody game is. Um, my next answer is public schools. Stop giving up on them. Invest in them. Stop sending out those brain-dead, charismatic-less, emotionless. Yeah. They've got nothing, mate. People who come out there and, and, and get people coaching and, and out at, who are passionate and enthusiastic and are filled with charisma to get the kids keen in a public schools, invest in public schools. So you, you buy the jerseys for the school, you know, you, you get the refs out there, you have the free sausage sizzle for the parents. So they want to be there. Um, keep investing obviously in the private system because that's working and, and league and AFL is encroaching. Um, and then my biggest answer is, is girls, girls, girls. Um, female sport, I think is, is the biggest secret to that. So some amalgam of all of that uh, mixed with, have the Wallabies be successful um, is, is what will deliver there. Um, and then the unpopular opinion is, is recruit a league star to get in the front page of the paper. We haven't left many other answers. No, just to just say, <laughs> That's pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? Yeah. Should um, we just move on, Jim? You don't have to answer that. You just be repeating something. My logic say. might just be a little bit different, but the answer is the same. Um, I think what kids show up for school and why they gravitate towards league, even if they've had a complete zero to 12 interest in um, rugby, is they get a bag, man. They get school reputation if they play in those young Harold Matt sides. They get, uh, they get the shorts, they get the shirt, they get the training, they get the game time, they get the game viewable on Fox. You can live stream it if you want. They publish your name in the, ma in the mag, in the program. Where rugby, it just it, you don't get the validation and acknowledgement outside um, of the private schools, outside the private school system, mm -hmm. or just so you can show up and be like, oh yeah, I do this, and so does everyone else, and everyone loves it. Like you need to boost the what they get from um, making a squad at that age, which is a huge achievement. But I don't think CHS is currently cutting it. I don't think it's too much of something they're sought after. That, that type of stuff, the people who are caught up in the league system don't play, so they don't get injured. You need something with that reputation. And um, that, that's going to be from scratch. The girls, uh, investing in girls, investing not necessarily in girls playing the sport, but in, in girls interested in viewing and watching the sport. 
um, because that'll get more guys there. I assure you of that. Um, but the free tickets, the free tickets is gold. And we heard um, our friends from across the ditch and their sort of Rugby Weekly program was, and this is a, a classic case study of the Magic Round in Melbourne where they had Bob and his dog, you know, and the dog was off it, right? They would have known days in advance that, shit, we are not selling tickets. At, at what point do you just print them all and fucking drop them off in Federation Square or whatever that shit fucking landmark thing they got there, just place them on the ground and wait for someone to pick them up and show up. You Don't just got to get bums on seats. You got to get bums on seats. And if, if it, you know, you, you fork out the printing cost for the tickets, you make up for it and your $10 schooners, you just needed people there. And then generate a vibe, generate an interest, and, and you go. What do you reckon, Rich? We got some good answers. I, th- I just think you've you've covered all bases there, really. I don't I don't really know where else to hit. I just the presence of people of the the coaches in schools is is um, you know such a vital part of it. I think it's imperative that you get uh, coaches in schools, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's actually about creating a product that is successful and the Wallabies being successful or start interest. If that will start to create idols, superstars, etc., kids will start to want to be them because they'll be on the back pages. So. Uh, those two things I think are, are paramount as much as the, the free tickets are because if you've not got a successful product, the free ticket means nothing because they won't want to go. Um, I'm going to so- double down and throw two more in there. One more is is make it fun, make training fun. Um, so kids want to be there and, and you know, that requires coaching your community to know how to run a training session and have, know how to make it fun so kids aren't scared, cold, um, getting beat up at training, so training's enjoyable. Uh, and then my last one is lean into the free media. Like we've never made a cent off this. There's six or seven other podcasts who I'm sure aren't making peanuts either. Um, lean into that and, and promote it. There's an underground rugby community there. Yeah, you can give um, us a backpack, put us on the oh, program. F- fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. No, Richard. no, no, I'm not done with this. What, no, was, what just... was that first point you made? It was interesting. Oh, rugby. Rugby being the most figurehead, buy it, get it, get it promoted, and the, the Rugby World Cup's coming up, but making mm. a successful brand. Yeah. It probably is ultimately that is your solution. Mm. Am I right? But uh, you need to up the sponsorships. Like, like you need to pull Quade Cooper out of your Wheat Bix box every Saturday morning, don't you? You need to be chasing down to be first there to pick up the Fruit Loops where Mike Hooper's on the back box and you've got to do like a Mr. Squiggle on his face or something. Get the boys out there. Make I'll, go, I'll go further. Bring back the early 1990s player cards. Whether you do it digitally or something, as NFTs, I don't even know what the fuck they are. Um, but remember how cool it was collecting <laughs> cards with all the I players? I cannot believe you've actually compared like top trumps or a player cards to NFTs. That it's are the same real. shit, isn't it? It's just. <laughs> I don't think you'll go walk going around uh, with NFT saying, um, "Oh, I've got a um, Michael Hooper, which he's got a score." Dude, value I would, this. I would much rather a Michael Hooper NFT than the horrific art you see on the internet. Yeah, and, and they got Snoop Dogg running around Call of Duty online at the moment, mate. Get, yeah. get Angus Michael Bell any day. Get Angus Bell on Call of Duty with a player card. That's the type of shit they need. Appeal to the kids, man. It's what the kids are doing. Make a Fortnite character, whatever they're doing. Of Michael Hooper, Fortnite character of Michael Hooper. So uh, the we're getting carried away, yeah, Richard. Sorry. But you well, said blank was, checkbook. This, was, this is probably quite, uh, you know, um, 
apt is what we were talking about. What, uh, guys just said uh, for a wa- word of the Lord, can we have an update on those shirts? Did Jim ever deliver on those? On those? I think we could change it slightly. Jim, what is your thoughts on creating a, a rugby report card NFT? Do you reckon you could sort that out? No, I wouldn't know. There's no, no fucking way, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just jump on Canva. Make a postcard. Yeah, I think you could, mate. I, I believe in you, man. The talk of the town says you are a, a shit hot Canva uh, graphic designer, mate. Mm. All right, going back to something a bit more serious. Um, talking about a question from um, Q Tindall talking about um, Tom Banks. It says, do you play Tom Banks for the Wallabies even though his paycheck next year will be in Yen playing in Japan or do we move on as he is unlikely it will be one of the three overseas picks next year? I'll take that one as a start. I, I actually think you do still pick him. I think it's really important that um, we don't get to, we don't look too far ahead of ourselves. I think he, to be as successful as we just said and to create a brand, the Wallabies have to be successful and right now on form, um, Tom Banks is probably the form 15 for the, in, in Super Rugby you know, Australia right now um, and so in the short term, um, I do pick him because with a big series against England coming up, as I said, I think you want to have your best team in. He may not be one of the three uh, sides picked, but um, uh, sorry, the three players uh, picked uh, obviously from overseas, but I still think you need to pick him. Boris? So that contract in Yen has ruled him out of selection at the World Cup. Is that what you're saying? Um, pretty much. Unless he's one of your top three, but yeah. you wouldn't imagine he is. No. That is a ballsy move from him. Not really when you're offered over a million bucks, aren't you? So. But that's a million bucks to miss the World Cup where, dude, uh, who else is there? Mm. That's Literally. Not the and if anything, this year he's really announced himself as the Wallaby 15. The form that he's been playing in and the, the yeah, lack the, of in the other positions. The, 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 the counter-argument... I don't know if he is, is in 12 months, though. Yeah, yeah, the counter-argument to that is he's always been a good super rugby player, but he's never been able to transition it consistently into that Wallaby team. So it might just be the same old. He looks good in super rugby, but... as I, I mean, we'll find out this year. And, and do you think, So do you think he should be picked, Jim? Yeah, I do. Him? I really do. Yeah. Well, Best I, team on the day, mate. I, I want to fucking beat England. I, I reckon I, I wouldn't pick him if anyone else was consistently playing well. So Reese Hodges had an outstanding couple of weeks, but a horrific season up until then. Um, Campbell at the Reds, I'm a big fan, but he's had a few bad weeks um, and he's mostly played on the wing. Do you throw in baptism of fire against England? I don't think so. Pattaya, we, we know his talent, but he's not even getting picked at 15 for Queensland anymore. Um, Callaway could definitely play there, doesn't play 15 for his club side. Um, Wright, he's got a, maybe got a future at 15. He's not playing there for his club side. Um, the Tars, I, I have no idea who their 15 is. I, I do, it's a joke. Um, so you're probably right, Richard, but I would have liked, I would have preferred to pick any one of those other people that I said, but none of, none of them have the body of work this season. Mm. So, so you probably do go Banks for the England mm. series um, and, and hopefully he performs and you stick with him. <laughs> but if he doesn't perform, it's probably time to move on. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, this is from, um, from Jai Lover and uh, come to you first, Jim. It says the Rebels roster doesn't actually look too terrible on paper, in inverted commas. Uh, what's the reason why they are actually playing like bin juice at the moment, even though they've been much better over the last two weeks. So the second part of the question, do you think Blake's man crush, Darren Coleman, would actually turn them into a competitive team? Jim, what do you reckon? Well, I think the roster down in Melbourne does suck. And anyone who was good 
has now flipped the switch on that and gone into, as you say, bin juice. Now, obviously, there's a few shining diamonds in that rough rubble of coal. There is, particularly later. They've they've put a couple of good performances together, but we were swinging off Ulysses for a long time as the unsung hero who never found his stride. Reese Hodge has always been Mr. Average, um, who has never really strung some consistent performances down there. Joe Powell went down there, rubbish. Matt Tamua, rubbish. Um, Carter Gordon just doesn't get the opportunities. Look, I don't think their roster is as good as people might say they are. I think Kellaway has been a flash in the pan, good. Um, but, nah, they they nah, something's wrong down there. But uh, DC couldn't tell you, but all the evidence suggests yes. Yeah, I think um, you look at the, the players that played against the, the Hurricanes on, on the weekend. I hear what you're saying, Jim, but there is actually the, the bones of, of a good team. If you look at Philip, you look at Wells, you look at Tuttle, Gordon, like Tamua, Callaway, Hodge, they're better than what they're, what they're performing at the moment. And so I agree with your point. I feel like uh, Coleman would make a difference um, and I think uh, they would become more competitive. They not, might not win as many games, but I think they would be in more games. And I know obviously the, the week before they lost in the last play, but I think they would be in more games. And I think there'd be more sense of collegiality. Um, I feel like there's still a little bit of, um, you know, there's still bits and pieces rather than a team at the moment. Um, the squad but- hasn't changed in two years. Last year mm-hmm. it was very, very similar. And, you know, they, they were rubbish on attack. They really struggled to score points. Mm. We've definitely seen more points from them this year, but just not as many points as the other teams. Like this mm. isn't a team that is good one week, bad the next. They're bad. And I think it's the, the lack of um, um, so, well, the selection issues along the way. Like if you look at this week, Callaway's at 13, and there's the Carter Gordon, um, Tom Moore, um, 10 and 12. You look at the back row changes, you know, this is the, the lack of consistency in selection doesn't help. But, um, and I think they, they're 100%. They're just rolling the dice down there now. Yeah, they're absolutely. just pulling think, names out of No one knows what they're doing. Well, that would be my answer, Richard, is why do I think this roster is binges? Um, they've been a bit unlucky with injury, but their nine has changed this season. Their 10 has changed this season. Their 12 has changed this season. Their 13 has changed this season. Their 15 has changed this season. They've had props out the entire season. Their number eight has changed this season. Their number seven is they have not had any semblance of a consistent identity um, in terms of players on the park or a playing style. So it, it really is just pissing in the wind um, the way that they're playing. And I think it's why they turn up some weeks because there's a bit of talent there. Mm. Is there talent there? I think if they had absolutely no injuries um, and they picked the same team for a month straight, they would be a bottom table super rugby team. Uh, but how they perform at the moment, they're a club rugby team uh, who's got no business in super rugby. So I think they've been dogged by injuries uh, and dogged by no clear coaching direction as to who their best halfback is, who the best fly half is. They're learning that as the season goes. Um, and, and I generally think that shit needs to be sorted in preseason. So they, they, their roster is not horrendous, but it's not strong either. Like it's, they're never going to be a top six side, are they? No. If, even if everyone's fit and they've got Coleman as the coach, they're not going to be a top six side. They might be a competitive super rugby mm. side. There's just not a lot doing there at the moment. There's absolutely zero vibe to. 
Yeah, they're they're a must they're a must miss at the moment. And that's the thing talking about the vibe. I think uh, you know there was a bit of chat about uh, whether you keep the rebels or you whether keep the force. And a lot of people are like, "We well, got to get rid of the force because they're sucked right now." But at least when you see the sea of blue and you see the interest that's occurring in Western Australia at the moment and the apathy that seems to be uh, uh, associated with uh, with Melbourne rugby, I think you can understand that that, that narrative needs to be shifted because there's not much positivity coming out of the rebels at the moment. Um, but talking about positivity, as uh, Cactus Back has said, imagine that money isn't a factor and everyone is keen to come back from overseas. Who would be your, your top 10? Probably don't need to go as many as 10, but overseas players that you'd bring back home for a World Cup prep. And more importantly, which team are they going to to make our five Super Rugby teams the strongest they can be to feed the Wallaby squad? Okay, so uh, you, you need to map that out, but I thought I'll just throw some names at you. Yeah. Um, and then we can think about the others. Obviously, Karevi... Corabetti. Okay, so Kuma. hang on a minute. Yeah, so who would you go? So let's go. Who, without, take your Brumbies and Tars glasses off, like, because okay, I know you're going to be swinging from them. If Karevi comes back, which uh, which franchise would he come into? He goes to the Brumbies because they're losing Simone. Okay. He needs to be in a Wallaby setup with Ikintao outside him um, to get the most out of him, to get him prepped for the World Cup. Get him Jim, in. Jim, you'd agree? Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other player you bring? Who would you bring back, Jim, or where would you put him? I was going to go Adam Coleman, but I don't think we're too shy of um, rowers. Yeah, but I love if you got 10. He said 10. Mm. I reckon Coleman gets a start. Yeah, I reckon Coleman gets a start too. Some of the form that I've seen him running around with. I mean, he supersedes Skelton for me. So it's going to be him. And had he not just committed or, or resigned, whichever way you look at it, Tolu Latu, mate, he's a, he's a shoe in. Did you say Tolo Latu? <laughs> get him home. Because the Reds need a hooker. Get Latu in. We talk, a, only Jimmy. a couple of weeks ago we talked captaincy for him. Jimmy, you've been on the darts, mate. No, but if you if you give him the power, can you imagine? No one would be late to training again. Yeah, did, did you guys see um, there's a fantastic interview with Steve Thompson when he became, he's speaking about when Eddie made him Dylan Dylan Hart? Like, uh, Dylan sorry, Dylan, Dylan Hartley. Sorry. Steve Dylan Thompson Hartley. was Jimmy the Mark, 0-3 yeah. hooker. Yeah. yeah, sorry, He's, I'm getting my England my The England ugliest man to don a jersey, sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I wish him all the best with concussion. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a bit hard. Um, oh, I didn't know he has got concussion, man. Not, Jesus. Not, not a look at that. He's, he's I, don't know what, I don't know what Steve Thompson's doing. Yeah, he's suing people, man. That's really heartless, Jim. Come is on, he really? Man. Yeah. Anyway, the yarn. Did you guys see the Fuck, <laughs> he really is. I had no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Steve. <laughs> I, I think you're safe. I don't think you listen. Yeah, no, I think um, But did you see the Dylan Hartley yarn? Eddie Jones brought him in and said, listen, mate, and Dylan thought it was his, um, you're done, your time's up with England squad chat. And Eddie Jones said, you're the shittest forward I've got on the roster. <laughs> so if everyone... Sees you as captain, they know you've got to try harder than any of them to make the team. And that's the type of culture I want. So, do you want to be my captain? And he said, That's how Eddie asked him. <laughs> you did the same thing with Latu. Jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's, it's an outstanding interview when he talks about it. And he said, but- it just, it just showed up to training an hour before anyone stayed an hour after. Said he's in the best shape of his life. But what was interesting totally about that to motivate the boys was how much he took for granted um, the work he was putting into his rugby, and how natural talent and just general love for probably the grubby stuff can get you so far. But to actually be 
a good player. Like you think of some of those Kiwi characters, man, the work that must go on behind the scenes. Jones, man. You're the worst forward on my roster. <laughs> Fuck, imagine if you could actually walk around life like Eddie Jones. Just having those balls. Um, so Latu is captain of Queensland and Hooker. Karevi is inside centre at the Brumbies. Where did you have Coleman returning to, Jim? The Tars in the second row. It was, it was going to be the Tars, actually. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pro Rebels. See you later, Matt. I wouldn't throw a player to him. Yeah, neither would I. Cora Betty, you'd get him back at the Tars. They need a winger. Nah, throw him the force. I reckon you've got to flood the force here. Oh, oh, he'd, no. never get, he'd never get the ball, mate. Yeah, uh, get him in Tars. You could actually get some ball. Get Cora yeah. Betty back there. Can um, I have? Um, can I throw? This would be interesting. I actually want to know where you'd send him because I reckon the Brumbies might actually be the best option. But uh, see if you are biased. Uh, Mom, bring that Mom back, and would you put him at a? Where would you send him? Because if you look at the back row options at the moment, um, I know obviously the idea of playing him in eight, or do you put him back in his old position at six? Uh, oh, I'm going a- Ian Gill. I'm taking Ian, Liam Gill. I'm say. taking Liam Gill uh, seven at the Brumbies. I'm stealing your idea, Richard, but I reckon you need uh, a, a guy over the ball. Gill back to the Brumbies at seven. Don't, no you, think that back row, don't you think that back row of, of Gill, McMahon and Samu, you know, would be the Brumbies? Oh, and then, too. Yeah, and Jesus. then even if you'd have Harris, Hooper and um, uh, obviously at the Tars and um, and Gamble, Gamble, yeah, in there. And then you'd Harrigan, have McWright. And then you'd have McWright, Uru and... Um, What's his face? Wilson at the Reds. That's, that's pretty good back three. Uh, in uh, most, and then you got the Rebels. So yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, um, yeah, right. Who else would you? I'd, I'd bring back I'd the take, Arnold um, Twins. I'd bring back uh, Skelton too. I know he might yeah, be. Yeah, get get, get him back at the Tars. They need more second rowers. Yeah, I definitely. I love uh, the fact that no, one, no one's mentioned the fact that Kurt Lebeal is and he's because is he coming back? Is that how he's coming back? He's at the Tars yeah. next season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that why we're not including yeah, him? Yeah, that's why we're not including him. Obviously, Quaid to come back, but I, I'd, I'd actually put Quaid force. Yeah, that that's work. Like, no. You know what? The only place you might put Quaid, I'm sure it wouldn't be welcomed back by Thorne, <laughs> but, but at the Reds, <laughs> James O'Connor can't string two games together. Hmm. No, I agree with that. But I, we're, no. we're at about ten, aren't we now? Yeah, yeah it's about so. ten. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's good. Good chat. I think uh, there's a, there's so many good players overseas. I'm sure there's probably someone that we're missing along the way. That's really Ta- awesome. oh, tons, tons yeah. of people we're missing. I know. Obviously, I would have said Ned Hannigan, but he made his illustrious return on the Putin potions on the weekend. How big did he get in Japan? How much sushi did that boy have? Uh, He's huge. I don't, I don't think the, the potions are available at this moment in time, though, are they? No. He, um, oh, welcome back, Teddy yes. Flanagan. Sorry, uh, next question, Richard. Uh, from Jimmy S., should there be a draft of journeymen? I don't know where, what considers a journeyman. I don't know what you'd have, what criteria they would come under. But you think there should be a draft of journeyman players across New Zealand and Australia every year that gets disseminated out um, and obviously... You know, you pick from the worst worst team the previous year, like in American sports, to try and bolster the squad. What do you think, Jim? You're so they're talking about sports? journeyman being the type of player who isn't a star, probably not in the international landscape. Yeah. Um, Are we talking outside of the Super Rugby squad? They didn't make. No, no, no they no, did. I, they they did, did spread across. Yeah. So, so all those Crusaders players who 
are really, really big key instrumental factors to their plan, uh, but aren't necessarily all blacks. They enter a draft, so you can pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fuck, they're all all blacks, aren't they? <laughs> <You> can... <laughs> but we're, we're, we're talking player 24 to 35 at the Crusaders. Yes, I would say so. So, yeah. so to speak, all yes. the Highlanders. All... So you could, you could lock in 23 locks and then you've got to say, and these other 12 players are in my squad and they enter the draft. Think, yeah, think but of I would Julian Sarveo, who isn't going to probably wear an all-black jersey. He's in the draft. But I would also add the journeyman might be, you know, for example, some of the players that are, that are playing at the moment that might be in the 23, but they're not stars. Harold Bishop in the draft. Yes. No one wants him. He's when do you get picked? Though. When do you get picked? I don't know. Mm. It, it would only be there for people like us to laugh at them. I know. But even like a huge, <laughs> like even like a huge Sinclair, a huge, huge, huge Sinclair would be, uh, he'd be a journeyman. He'd be in the draft, I reckon, even though he's um, played well for the Stars this year. I don't I like, like that. I, could, yeah. I don't like it. I think all that would happen is all the squads would get flooded with Kiwis. Because I think I think that's where we get caught out, right? Our, our front line fifteen can match it. It's our depth that lets us down. So I think oh, you just draft all the keywords everywhere. Um, nah, I'm not about it. Not in. Oh, next uh, next question from Chris F. Have Aussie sides improved remarkably, or have Kiwi sides lost their edge? In addition, will that translate to the bladders like? I'd just say, first of all, I think it's a little from column A and a little bit from column B. I do think the Aussies have improved, but I feel like the rotation of the Kiwi sides has less has led to a bit of a not necessarily a loss of edge, but of um, I think some of the Kiwi sides are probably taking, not taking the Aussie teams as seriously enough. Um, I think the difference in styles has led to um, the gap reducing, but I think the Aussie sides have definitely improved and the Kiwi sides have probably regressed slightly. Do I think it translates to the blood as low? Um, no, because I still think the, the All Black 15 is outstanding. Um, the game will be closer, but do I still think the blood is low will be won by the All Blacks? Yes, probably in a, uh, in a closer. All right, Richard. I think, I think Australia. Hammer, no hammer a point. No need to hammer that point home. Jesus Christ! I think Australia will be England actually looking at the summer tour, the, the, the tour Here that they go. brought over. And, um, what do you okay. reckon? Um, the Blake? pessimism comes out. Early. What do you Get think? In early. Is the squad no good that England's bringing in? Is it? No, oh, just mate. Might as well sow the seed now. Uh, Jim, what's what's your thoughts? Look, uh, if you if you're asking me to not back. The All Blacks. I'm not going to do it, man. No, but what do you think about the Aussie teams? So have Aussie teams significantly improved? Or yes, have yes like- they've gotten a lot better, Richard. I think it was we had very, asked, very, asked, very, very. I asked Jim, Blake. Yeah, but he was towing around, pissing around with England squad, so I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think we had very, very young squads last year. Most of our teams were steered by children, um, and they matured a lot in that year. Um, I think the Rennie effect on the Australian setup has, has really built a confidence in. I think we've got better coaches um, at some of our club teams. I think the talent is better spread. I think we had fairly decent retention, whereas the year before we were absolutely gutted in a post-World Cup year. Um, so I think we've improved out of sight. But I will concede on your point, Richard, that I think the all-black sides um, have not been naming full-strength 15s week in week out um for, for whatever reason injuries sabbaticals blah 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 um and it's led to them not looking as polished as we're used to but i think the australian teams have, have improved tremendously 
Um, Jim, agree? Yeah, I think it is a case. Yeah, I think it is a case in which we've gotten much better. And, and when we say much better, I mean the Rebels, no. The, the Reds have regressed. I think that's pretty fair to say, even though they've got injuries. Put that touch and sigh away. Um, uh, yeah, the, I just the, the force. Force flash in the pan, but not a, not a great team nonetheless, but definitely better than they were last year. And Isn't the he, Brumbies um, have taken a step forward too. Jim, do you reckon that Tupo's the only Reds player starting for the Wallabies at the moment? In my Wallabies? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, probably. I'm not heaps into JOC, but he, oh, he's the only one that I would sneak in there to lead. Blake? Uh, Wilson would start for me. Um, at eight, and then um, O'Connor, if he's fit, uh, which he's had a terrible run of it, uh, would probably be my 10 over Quaid and Lawlessio, um, just because I'm not sure where Quaid's at. Uh, and right now I'd go O'Connor over Lawlessio. It's probably only those three, um, but I think there'd be a hell of a lot of reds on the bench. Um, and, and who's right knocking on that door? Pattaya, Tate McDermott, um, certainly knocking on that door. Fraser McWright, if it was anyone other than Michael Hooper. Um, and then obviously, I don't think Vinaval is far away from getting a mortgage on a Wallaby wing spot. He just doesn't have the body of work to have it yet. So short answer, Wilson, O'Connor and Tupo, which isn't a lot, is it, for, for a team that won the Australian Conference it's probably um, indicative of the form. That, it's probably indicative of the form that they're in at this moment in time, though, isn't it? You want to pick the players that are in form, um, and I think and that's, the Pais Army's a bit of a victim of that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right because the, the the other the other centres look much more effective because they get they get front football from the forwards, which the Reds are struggling to get right now at the moment. And a consistent ten inside him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think we'd all probably agree on this from Rogan. He said, surely the future for Super Rugby is uh, to be played in smaller grounds like Leichhardt, more intimate, better atmosphere than huge stadiums with the scattering of people all around. And I would completely concur with that. The atmosphere that seems to be created at Leichhardt makes me jealous when I watch it on TV and I wish that we would get out there more often because you feel like you're missing out on something. And I think we mentioned this before in a previous podcast, whereas before you look at it and you pan out and there's no one there, you're like, yeah, I'm glad I'm sat out watching Yeah, this. I couldn't be more in for the smaller venues, particularly Leichhardt. I think that whole thing that whole contract has been hugely successful and i'm i I predict it's going to worsen when they go back to the new stadium uh i I mean we tried it at bank west nothing really occurred did they i don't know why we stopped it's a long way to go there though isn't it yeah it's very matter um no i think we all agree but i plan on being there this weekend leichardt oval tars blues on the hill you boys gonna be you gonna join me Tweeting away, are you? You're going to be tweeting your location and everything? Just all those red fans can find you? I'll be blind, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'll be in the valley. I'll be in the valley. Mate, I'll be there with you on Saturday, mate. We can have a beer for Jimmy. You and me, mate. We'll have a beer. We'll have our shirts on. Yeah, definitely. And a jacket and lots of other things. Um, Just last one, because there's so many here. And I kind of just say we probably won't get through many more, but some great questions uh, from everybody. Yeah, good Um, segment. Yeah, no, some, some cracking ones. Um, just last one. You've, so, you've let it well, Richard. Oh, man, it's the nicest thing you said to me in 10 years, mate. Um, Josh Fluke will play more Wallaby games over his career than Pattaya and Paisami discuss. True or false? I I have the biggest wraps on Fluke. I think he just had a Can I shoulder. ask, 
how many players today. how many players do you have the biggest rap on? Like oh, if, Blake, it if you haven't figured if it we out, had yet, to Blake loves it supporting. He loves supporting the, the team that isn't there yet. Loves it. Love supporting him when they're Loves not quite there. No, I think Fluke's a gun, mate. He's 20, and every time he touches the ball, that kid, something sensational happens. I think he had a shoulder operation today, so he's not going to be playing any more football this season. Uh, my only question mark for Fluke um, is he doesn't quite look big enough. So, so just to confirm, you still haven't answered the question, man. I don't know. He's so young. He's only 20. He's got the talent to be a Wallaby for a very long time. Just, are, you physicality. To, are you afraid to make a call? I didn't think you had that in you, man. Uh, but my answer to that question is no. I think Pataya is a long-time Wallaby if he can get himself fit. Jim, what do you reckon? Look, I'm not going to call a kid's career at 20 years old. Um, but it's good, though. Eat a steak, you know. Eat a steak. <laughs> short, too, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. Um, but thank you to everyone. There's uh, so many more questions in there. And if we obviously we won't get them all today, but we might have oh, give a, us right. one more, Richard. Give you us want one. One more. Um, let's have a look. Why is Australian rugby so shit against New Zealand sides? Wrong answers only. Chip. <laughs> um because they're all playing league. Hey, good. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I should give you a better one to finish off with, actually. It'd be a better one than this. Um, uh, what is your, do you, oh, this one will be, it's kind of a, from Russ Manning. I'm going to take a section of it. Do you want to raise, re-raise the NRC from the dead? Do you want to have a national cup competition like the FA Cup? So you take all the super rugby teams out and disseminate them to all the local clubs and have an FA Cup style. Um, or would you want a super rugby AU star with all the with all the A teams in there as well. What would you want, or something else? What would you like to see? Um, I love this question because I think it's it's incredibly clear that we need a third tier conference system. Uh, I actually really love the model going for this year with Australia A um, in terms of financially sound. I, d- I don't think you lose a lot of money having an Australian A, and then you know you get your next thirty best players playing good quality rugby, and it's good for the Pacific Islander team. So in terms of a pragmatic decision, I quite like that. Um, if money isn't an option and everything else is on the table, well, then that's when you could look at those other options. Uh, but my simple one would be um, you keep um, our super rugby teams or you reduce them to three um, and you join the NRC. No, not the MPC in New Zealand. Because I just think you'd be, you'd be playing a good standard of rugby. There are crowds. The, the competition's already built. Um, no one in know, Australia you, would watch it. No, but no one's, no one's going to watch the NRC anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, just get us down to two or three representative sides that go join the NPC. Um, I think it would be best for the player development, in, in my opinion. Uh, but you're right. I don't think it's going to bring in fanfare, but I don't think any of the other options do either. I reckon what you do is you do like an ultimate fighter sort of thing. You get oh, two you get two old Wallabies or old New South Welshmen and Queenslanders who just hated each other, hated them. You made them coach and they get to pick their own team. In a draft-type scenario, they got one game a year. You change yeah, the coach. TV show the lead up. You change the you change the coaches each year to another old rivalry. I don't have any at the top of my head. Maybe Eddie Jones and um, 
who did he bum heads with? Checker. You know, just one throwaway game. You've got a week to train him. All on the line, all or nothing. You turn it into a little mini series. Andy all day, mate. And you do it right around origin time. That'll interfere with the season a little bit, but I don't (laughs) have it. There's something there. We're working with something. Um, just uh, finally, just a very, very quick, we're not going to go through the games today because obviously we, we did the question answer, but could I just say fantastic just to see the, the Waratahs get up in New Zealand again this week um, and excited to see their progress and so nice to have uh, two Tars, you know, fans on this plus Jim. Um, and hopefully they'll continue to. We'll be shouting on the hill um, next week, um, um, obviously against the Blues. But projecting yeah, uh, just back on, just, just back on the Ultimate Fighter thing. You got to stack it with cash. <laughs> you got to stack it. They got to like before they give an interview, they got to they got to put a hundred thousand dollar watch on. They got to put like a Javenchi shirt on, a cap from someone else. Like there's just advertising galore. Like the refs, before they go to the TMO, they got to thank their sponsors or some shit. Like you fully sell it out and cash it up so people from around the globe want to come in and get their hands on it. Why not? Get that guy who ran that West Indian T20 league. Alan, Alan Stanford, wasn't it? Wasn't it Alan Stanford? That a, that's a great pickup, Richard, to pull his <laughs> name out of the history books. Anyone listening who got that reference, that's a belter. Is that the dude who came off the chopper with a gun or something? Yeah, and he, yeah, had, he, is, had, yeah. he had none yeah. of the real money. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, He's done a Melissa Caddick too. The Kingfisher dude who ran that, that Indian businessman who had an F1 team. Oh. Um, get them all involved. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah. Anyway. Make them the coachman. Can, can I just wanted to say really quickly on the Tars and the Brumbies because I think they're the two Australian sides that are interesting. Um, just confirm. Oh, I just want to by, by association, the Reds are not interesting. They're just so fucking injured, mate. It's the so, east side running out. So just to confirm, can you verbalise that they're not interesting? Just for all those Red fans out there. Yeah, I, I've lost interest in the Reds. Uh, but I just want to say the Brumbies um, were absolutely sensational against the Blues. Um, obviously, it was election night, so, you know, probably not the biggest audience. Uh, but the Brumbies' defence was incredible, and I liked that they were a little bit Kiwi. They were happy to concede a hell of a lot of penalties to stop the Blues getting any points. I think to keep the Blues to 21 is incredible. Um, I thought Noah Lolisea won the game in the 78th minute with that kick from the sideline. I thought that was Iceman shit. I thought it was done. I thought the Brumbies had it in the bag, and it broke my heart like Fredo. Um, so I thought the Brumbies were sensational and there's a lot of belief in that without Bobby V you can get within two points of the Blues um, the week after looking bloody competitive against the Crusaders there's a lot of hope for that Brumbies outfit Um, and then I just wanted to mention the task quickly which is uh, obviously I'm swinging from the nuts Um, their box office they're not Miss Rugby at the moment. They are playing a sensational brand of rugby they did it this week without Pariso their best player with Bell, their next best player on the bench. Without Holloway, with Gamble, their third best player on the bench. In, in a weird I, way, I don't, I don't know what Coleman's done, mate. This team is sensational. In a weird way, it helped him though, because the the the, the Tars have been um, accused in the past of their second string coming on, lowering the level, and that's where they've lost games in the past. But and I'm not saying that Gamble, Bell, Atal need to start on the bench, but it really helped them coming off and making that impact, didn't it? It really upped the level. Tactical. It was yeah, yeah, it was. Bell came on and gained lines, few scrum penalties. Mm. Um, and then I just wanted a, a quick mention to um, Marky Mark. 
Um, he, he, we've said this repeatedly, but his skills, his defence and his decision-making, he looks like a different player. Mm. Like there's not many players playing well consistently on the wing in Australia. He'd have to be in conversation for a Wallaby squad jersey. That is how well he's playing. Last year, I would not have picked him in shoot shield. He is sensational. And then the other shout-out is just Edmed. Um, I don't want to rush his development, but holy moly, I'm very impressed. Yeah, absolutely. So God forbid you um, rushing a, a young kid's development and trying to push him too much uh, too soon, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm in for the task, mate. They're, mm. they're, for right now, they are they are box office. I love watching him play. Obviously a massive challenge next week mm. um, against the Blues, but, but they're, they're, they play with balls and it's fun to watch. Oval-shaped ones. Um, just to move on to next week, obviously uh, Pacifica are due to play uh, the Western Force at Mount Smart Stadium. Uh, interestingly, uh, the line is uh, Pacifica uh, are two have 2.5, okay? Um, so the Force are, force are slight favourites. Who are you going for? So do you still think the Force or with 2.5 or do you go Can Pacifica? Can I be brutal? Who yeah. cares? Who cares? Oh, wow. Jim, you with me? Yeah, who cares? All right, can okay, move on then. Right. A force, force will get right. it done, I guess. Yeah, a, you were you were swinging off the sea of blue a few weeks ago, saying how much you love the force, and now you just don't care. Right. It's yeah. the last round of the season; they're not in it. Who cares? Mm. Um, Crusaders, Reds, Reds are at a shocking ten and a half um, on a single bet. Different, you know, um, way out. Um, this is not. And- this has not gone to plan. Hey, round fifteen, the two heavyweights. No, yeah, what's, do you know what's brutal for the Reds, regardless of the result? They're in Christchurch a week later playing the Crusaders. Yeah. Oh my God! They got an eighteen and a half point head start. Who's your? Would you still back the 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 Satyrs? I would, but I, I've got a hunch that the Satyrs might rest their entire team because I don't think they can lose first, like lose their spot on the ladder at the moment. I don't think they can be caught to curse that. But yeah. I just think they don't want to play their hand and then have to play it again a week later. I've got well, a feeling. They're on 48 points and the Brumbies are on 44. It's five points for a win. Yeah, but the bonus point. They're not, they're not losing, point. are they? No, and they're certainly getting a bonus point, if nothing else. Oh, actually, do you know what? The Pacifica, make sure you get your tips in because Pacifica's tomorrow. Five, 5.05 tomorrow. Oh, all of a sudden I care. Oh, well, I can't oh, tell. Look at that Tuesday night viewing, boys. Tuesday night viewing, 5.05. Um, all right, further down, um, the Drua versus the Chiefs. Surely the Chiefs. Um, the uh, they have a Drua have fifteen and a half point head start. Still go Chiefs. Fuck yeah. Okay, Brumbies, uh, Brumbies, uh, Pacifica. Okay, the uh, line isn't out on that. But who are you going with? Uh, uh, I, I reckon Brumbies run the B team here too. Okay, mm-hmm. so still but the they still win comfortably, yeah. but I, I don't think it's it's the score line it would be if no. they're in the best twenty three. Always um, on tour, but Tars Tars of the Blues murder. You you, you you got to say the Blues, but the Tars just yeah, I know. I can't tell you the last time they weren't competitive. Mm. Are they in the finals? The Tars? They're going to play a final? Yeah, game? they're going to play yeah. the Brumbies by the looks of things. Yeah. It's it's almost impossible that they won't play each other. So that is going to be fascinating down in Canberra. Get your Jesus. tickets. I'll be there. I'm salivating just thinking mm. about it. Um, then the force in their second game of the week against the, the Canes, but over in Perth. 
Rough. Um, <laughs> and then finish finish off with the Rebels and the Highlanders on what Sunday a afternoon. What a Wade Anderson, isn't it? I know, absolutely. Uh, you know what? I'm actually excited for the for the finals now because looking at those draws, you know, one to eight, it should be some really competitive games because you you are right and make fun of you. There are a few, uh, you know, non-exciting or non-plus games. So excited! For the this finals. weekend's a holding pattern because there doesn't look like normally a week out. Oh, the whole ladder, but everyone looks pretty set. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's just a two day play because it's like seven through five, six, seven could change around. Um, but they're, for all the for the games who they're playing, you think Hurricanes are going to win comfortably and the Tars and Reds will lose. So you're right, exactly. there's no movement. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We need to say uh, it's, it's it is exciting to see how that top eight to have uh, three Aussie teams in there because you know that that wouldn't have happened probably. No, um, and what a huge shame well, that it would have, the Broncos have to play the Tars. Like, yeah. oh, I know, I feel that too. It's going to be awesome, um, but it would have been nice to just watch it play out a little bit longer. Mm. I hope something happens this weekend so they don't end up squaring off against each other. Mm. Just uh, before we go, Richard EPL, that's wrapped up. How did that end up? That was crazy from what you told me today, Richard. Yeah, no, so it's just... a. Uh, it's just amazing. You know, Manchester City, who are 2-0 down in the 75th minute, look like they're going to lose the title because Liverpool are drawing one all at that time, but they're all over uh, all over Wolves and you think they just don't look like scoring. And then suddenly, six minutes later, they go from 2-0 down to 3-2 up. You know, that's just just ridiculous, you know. Um, Pep Guardiola makes a substitution and Gundogan comes on and makes a huge difference. And let's be honest, I would have never have brought Gundogan on. So... That's amazing, and I've got. He a knew something of, you didn't. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And um, my my team finished in the top four in the Champions League, which is great. And um, yeah, so what an amazing season! Big dollars for them. Big dollars. Uh, what to finish fourth? I, yeah, um, um, not really. Oh. Um, as the season progressed, it wasn't. But um, I'm not that Well, no, it is for me because we. I never thought it would happen because we were playing. We were so inconsistent. But you know what? It's. Uh, also, we just need to spend some coin now in the summer because otherwise it will be a lost, lost opportunity. How long is the off-season? So the first game of the season is normally in middle of August. So it's not long, eh? No. And then because uh, the Premier League teams are now going to go all over the world to do um, play friendlies now. So Aston Villa and Liverpool are coming down. I think Brisbane and Melbourne, Man United coming down. Gentlemen, I love your passion, but on behalf of the rugby listeners, you know? Can I just say, there is many a conversation, Blake, but we don't interrupt you, man. We let you yarn on. So on. many. Yeah, so many. What about the basketball, Richard? You've been watching that? Uh, What's your yeah. pick? Oh, I thought the Mavs were... I reckon, I reckon the Heat got this, man. They got it. Oh, I don't know how... Is, how long is Jimmy Butler out for, do you know? Yeah, I don't know. back? I would assume so, but Bam Adebayo, he was awesome in the last game, much more aggressive. Like they almost lost it, though. They almost lost it. I know. They just got too many shooters, man. They got way too many shooters. I know that Strauss kid and, and scored for ages and then hit the dagger three in the corner. I'm like, seriously. 100. Well, the Golden State are a shoe in too, so it's just a matter who's going to be playing them. Yeah, I know. I, I did actually, you watch the F1 this morning? I, I watched some of the F1. Oh, George Russell did a great job finishing third. Felt Mate, those, those 20 laps where he was holding off the Stappen, if you weren't just loving life, oh, then you're not a true it, fan. Man, I was loving When his that. DRS wasn't working and he was flipping out. Uh, and it, was, it made me laugh when he was telling us he was he was pressing the button too many times and they go, just press it once, Max. Yeah. That was hilarious. All right. And then Checo had to give up his spot. Yeah, and he's off it. He wants out, I heard. 
I'm not. No, he's not leaving, man. <laughs> of course not. How many other sports should we get into? Really, <laughs> Chris Blake off. How many more? NFL? Should we do that for a bit? Is, uh, yeah. Still the off-season training I, camp I, I, has to start. No, I'm yeah. in for all of this. I'm just looking out for the loyal listener, boys. You just don't like it. No. It's all right, man. I'll let you go. All right. All Thanks, right. everybody. All right. all right. See ya. All right. Bye.